This NFL Week 2 Player Props edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the underdog pick them in college or NFL and win up to 20 times your money in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. And finally, we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off of your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, September the 15th, currently 136 on the East Coast. Here to dig into our NFL Week 2 player props, and we'll recap the game last night on Thursday Night Football. But joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as a motorsports king, the hardest working man in the sports gambling sports gambling podcast. Yeah, sports gambling podcast as well. It's Rod Via Gomez. Rod, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic. It is Friday. We are that much closer to football. Um, and and I don't have to worry about watching a race and the football game at the same time. The race is on Saturday, which means all day Sunday. It's just for football, baby. I can concentrate 100% on football. There we go. So now I can, uh, that, that's a great reminder. Now I can bother Rod tomorrow to give me some more winners for these races <laughs> tomorrow. Or I just go listen to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast and also the F1 uh, podcast there as well. But also joining us, I got my guy here with me, the a second hardest working man. Or not second. He is also the hardest working man that I know in the sports betting world. It's Crispy Cappin. Chris, what's going on, brother? What's up, you know? What's up, Rod? Good to be back on the show. Uh, good to see some Thursday night football as well. Didn't go as I kind of planned it. I mean, I didn't think that uh, Swift would go out there and run for 500 yards. But, you know, if Minnesota's defense is not going to stop the run, then why would you go away from it? Especially with, you know, Jalen Hurst looking a little, uh. So I know Rod probably hit on that under, but happy. Of course, I mean, as you guys can kind of see, I'm, I'm happy and excited to be here uh, and ready to, to talk it through, you know, ready to, to, to hopefully give out some winners. Um, so let's get the show on the road, my guy. Yeah, I mean, you talked about it like last night, the Thursday night football game. Um, I don't want to say it went according to game script, but I think, you know, I think we were expecting to see points in this game. I mean, with the total, uh, depending on where you got it, whether it was 48, 40 and a half, I think it closed at 49, but uh, didn't look like it was going to get there in the first uh, half. Uh, if you had bet the over, like a lot of us did last night, but the second half within, I think like the first, what, six minutes or three touchdowns put up combined. Uh, the Eagles got out to uh, two touchdowns within, I think like the first like five minutes. And then um, Kirk Cousins threw a bomb down the field to Jordan Addison. Uh, to get within striking distance. But uh, nonetheless, the Eagles do take care of business on their home field, 34 to 28. And if you did bet on the spread, depending on the number that you did get, um, you either pushed on the Eagles or you uh, cashed in on the Vikings. That number was around, what, seven and a half, seven, and trickled all the way down to six in favor of the Eagles. But uh, like you mentioned there, Chris, 
Uh, Jalen Hurts not really looking Jalen Hurts-like, at least from last season. And I think that may have a lot to do with the uh, offensive coordinator change that the uh, Eagles did go through. Obviously, Shane Steichen goes over to the uh, Indianapolis Colts to be the head coach there. But, I mean, like Chris mentioned there, it was really the ground game last night uh, for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles that really kind of carried them to victory yesterday. And it was led by DeAndre Swift. Uh, who pretty much Chris mentioned ran for about 500 yards. I mean, to be exact, 28 carries, 175 yards on the ground. He did score one touchdown. Uh, as a team, the Philadelphia Eagles rushed for 48 carries, 259 yards on the ground, 5.4 yards per carry. And you could probably take out Rashad Penny's uh, numbers from there, who had three carries for nine yards. Uh, those numbers would be even better. Um Throwing-wise, Devontae Smith had a big game, uh, four receptions, 131 yards. He did find the end zone. A.J. Brown, um, not A.J. Brown S. last night, but I guess they really did need him. We did see the dis- or not disagreement or maybe a little argument between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, probably because A.J. Brown wasn't getting the ball uh, as much as he would like to. Uh, but again, I guess we'll kind of go around the horn here, guys, but it just seemed like that A.J. Brown just didn't really need to be involved because they were just having so much success on the ground last night. But um, Chris, take me uh, to the game last night, man, your thoughts on what we saw last night. And like you mentioned, I mean, right now, at least on the ground, it seemed like the Minnesota Vikings can't stop a nosebleed. Yeah, I think that that defense, man, I was, you know, big on Kirk Cousins throwing a pick. And he did everything. I mean, he turned the ball over every which way besides him throwing a pick, which doesn't help me any. Um, you know, we, we saw some fumbles. I know he fumbled, I think, when it's in the second half. Uh, and, you know, a couple other turnovers as well in that offense um, by, by the running backs. And, yeah, so so I, I kind of expected that. I, I laid the three and a half with the Eagles in the first half. And, you know, uh, the football guys kind of blessed me with that uh, – with those running plays right before I think they got the ball back with like 29 seconds left having to go all the way down the field on a touchback because uh because Jefferson uh you know fumbled the ball into the end zone yeah so <laughs> so yeah you know they take it all the way down the field and I get a, a 61 yard field goal uh which I know Rod loved that because he, oh, yes. he, was, he was on the uh the kicker points so yeah I I think I expect so what I did expect, I expected the turnovers from Minnesota. I didn't expect their defense to be that bad. And at the beginning of the game, they were actually playing really good. They yeah. were actually playing pretty sound defense. They 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 turned Jalen Hurts over on a poor throw that he a poor decision that he made um to throw in a double coverage. Uh so you know, you gotta you gotta like that. But then that offense was just never able to kind of get it going until it was too late. And I did expect Philly to be playing from ahead, which they were especially, you know, when once that third quarter started. So it was what I expected, you know, but not like you said, not the way I expected. I expected that offense to, you know, kind of be humming and, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts to be slinging that thing all across, across the field. long as he came up one yard, yard short of what my guy Rod needed for him to stay under, uh, I thought he would, you know, get close to that. But like you said, he didn't really need to. I think that the, you know, the little – mush with uh with um with aj brown i don't think it'll be that big of a of a factor you know yeah. pretty sure they, they were all over there telling them hey aj we, we have a lot of other games to play you you yeah. will get your targets you'll get you will be able to eat but if they can't stop the run why not just turn around and hand the ball up every single time and it, it, i don't think i've seen a, a, a rush defense that was that bad in quite a while it seemed like every single play they were you know just winning the line of scrimmage and getting four or five yards down the field uh, not sure why we didn't take Jalen Hurts double touchdown, uh, anytime yeah. touchdown, something, right? So, yeah, that, those are my thoughts about the game yesterday. You know, Minnesota might be in trouble, though. Starting 0-2 is not ideal. 
and they, they still got a pretty tough schedule coming up. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like last night, look, we we talked about the the touchback uh, from Justin Jefferson before the half there. That could have changed the you know complexion of the game. But also four fumbles doesn't help, right? And you lose all four of those fumbles uh, that the Minnesota Vikings did have, especially one uh, on a punt return where they would have had great field position. I think would have been right around the 30-yard line of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but I think Brandon Powell is the one that uh, coughed it up there uh, and that gave that ball back to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, at that point. Um Jefferson last night did Justin Jefferson things, 11 receptions, 159 yards for the Minnesota Vikings. But yeah, the defense, uh, it seems like it is definitely in trouble here for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Rod, you had a great uh, night last night. Jalen Hurts stays under his uh, rushing yards and uh, passing yards uh, combined. Uh, Jake Elliott uh, had a big night last night as well. Uh, He accumulated 10 points for the um, Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, kind of your takeaway from the game last night and how'd your picks pan out? So, yeah, like you said, Jalen Hurts, 228 combined yards. That's well under 299. Jake Elliott, three points over, well, two and a half points, I guess, over the spread. Uh, I did not hit the uh, the A.J. Brown total receptions at five and a half. Uh, so I'm a little bit pissed off about that because uh, just like A.J. Brown, I wanted him to get a couple more catches. He did have six targets on the night, so it's on him for dropping a couple of those as well. So, uh, you know, can't really blame it for, he was the second most targeted receiver, but like Chris and you said, they didn't need receivers last night. They had uh, Deandre Swift just tearing it up on the ground. And listen, if Devontae Smith didn't need a coming out party, we already knew how good he was, but this was another showcase on, you can't sleep on Devonta Smith. Like he is going to be a thorn in AJ Brown's side production wise, because he's that good. And he's not like a number two Receiver, he's a 1B to, to A.J. Brown's 1A. And if Brown's not careful, that could move up to 1A and he co- becomes the 1B. So I think we saw last night exactly what we're going to see out of these Eagles now, and that's just a more rounded approach. And Devo- I think uh, DeAndre Swift kind of gives them a better opportunity to do that, if, if that's even a, a, a thing, than Miles Sanders did last season, right? I mean, we, see, we saw Swift, do well with his carries and, and surprisingly well, actually, I don't think a lot of people, Chris, like you said, I don't think a lot of people saw him running for his half of his thousand yard total in one season or in one game. But, um, but here we are, you know, now, now yeah. do we see that continue? Who knows? And they are always going to have the threats in receiving. They're always going to have Smith. They're always going to have Brown. They, they have Dallas Goddard, even uh, uh, that could swoop in. Dallas Goddard was the most targeted uh, pass catcher there last night. So, you know, this is what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot less of, of them putting the game in Jalen Hurts' legs and hands. Now, granted, we thought he was going to run a little bit more, uh, obviously, once they started having success on the ground. But when you hand off DeAndre Swift and Swift picks up all the yards, you don't need your quarterback to run. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Minnesota, I think they I think they do need to hit the panic button. I think this is they're too talented of a team to be 0-2 right now. They need to step it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that them getting Brian Flores as their defensive uh, coordinator would have, you know, really helped uh, the offense as well. But I mean, last night, it, I don't, it wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault. I don't know he lost a fumble last night, but he had an absolutely fantastic game uh, throwing the ball wise. And I know the first thing we, when we did our Thursday night football player props uh, for this game, that both Chris and I wanted to look at is over uh, for Cousins on his uh, pass attempts, but that number just wasn't available. It popped up around 37 and a half. And he, uh, lo and behold, 
I think it went according to game script that he, I, I felt like that they were going to get behind by multiple possessions. And that would just have to enable them to throw the football. Last night, uh, as far as my picks went, I mean, could have been a disaster because TJ Hawkinson had four receptions in the first half. And it took them uh, or him uh, in the final drive of the game to get over this number um, uh, to to get that best bet across the board. Um, it was at four and a half, five and a half. I, I said that I was comfortable with uh, going there. I think he got, what, three receptions on that final driving, uh, final drive, including the touchdown there um, for the Minnesota Vikings. So that one got home for me. Uh, the one that I'm uh, most sour about, I was talking to uh, Chris about this last night, was uh, I had um, – Alexander Madison over 16 and a half uh, receiving yards. He finishes the game with three catches for 11 yards. And the funny part was, well, not the funny part was, uh, I think the more infuriating part for me was that his longest reception was for 16 yards. So that's kind of how it went last night uh, for me. But uh, my touchdown props got there. I know both Chris and I locked TJ Hawkinson to find the end zone. He got there twice. And also Jordan Addison, uh, I think it was around plus 235 where I got it last night. He found the end zone as well. So, do we definitely bounce back at least from last Thursday's debacle in week one? Um, you know, I think we're certainly starting to make the moves there. Chris, you want to quickly recap your picks from last time before we get over to our week two player props? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned um, Hawkinson. We both want him to, to to score. We both liked him to score. Also, like, I thought A.J. Brown would do a little bit more, but, I mean, like we we all talked about, he didn't really need to. So I, took, I was on his over uh, 73 and a half yards so that one didn't come through and Kirk Cousins just miraculously never threw a pick and you know he was seven for ten so I love that cover rate as well but um like like we talked about we did get there with Hawkinson um you know for for the touchdown and also him to go over those four and a half receptions so uh not the best night but also you know a lot of room for improvement but also like at least we got our first win on the board because because I I went over three the week before so feels good to you know check that box even though you know it's not not a sweep yet you know yeah, I mean, I, one more ta- one more takeaway before we get over to our week two player props. Uh, AJ Brown had that uh, touchdown called back on that holding call uh, last night as well, so that could uh, also uh, change the complexion of our player props here for a lot of people there as well. All right, gentlemen, before we get into our NFL Week 2 player props, let me tell everyone about DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is officially back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official, uh, official sports betting partner, of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All drafting customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 uh, instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. And we're also brought to you by Game Time. Look, if you're trying to get out to the ballpark before the baseball season is over, uh, WNBA uh, playoffs are in full swing as well as round one has kicked off. And also, obviously, with football season here, you probably want to get out to these games. But not only that, maybe you have a, a theater show in town, a comedy show that's in town, and you need to find those tickets. Well, Game Time has you covered. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best buys guaranteed. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. You don't have to worry about having to plan out uh, months in advance uh, to get those tickets. No. You can get deals right up to uh, the time of the event. And the best thing that I love about their app 
that they actually give you image of the seat views of where you're actually going to be sitting before you buy those tickets. So you're not going to have any surprises uh, when you actually get to the uh, venue. Um, you can buy those tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set to go. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never, never have to dig through the mailbox or even your uh, email box. So all you got to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code SGPN to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices are guaranteed. All right, gentlemen, NFL Week 2 player props uh, for the Sunday schedule. Let us kick it off. Rod, let's uh, kick it off with you, my man. I don't know if this is going to be a staple of every week, but I'm starting off this week again with Brock Purdy. I'm I'm just going every single <laughs> week with Brock Purdy. I, I, I think I'm going to take a Brock Purdy uh, thing from now until the end of the season. But this one's an intriguing one, and I like this one. This is Brock Purdy to have more passing yards on the day than Jimmy G. This is a head-to-head over on DK. Uh, to, so Brock Purdy to have more passing yards than Jimmy G. You can get this at minus 105 on DK. I mean, last week, Brock Purdy did it. He, he threw 220. It Very low, low totals for both of these guys. But it doesn't matter. It could be 195, 194, and Brock, Brock Purdy still wins this. So, uh, But anyways, Brock Purdy did this last week. He threw for 220 yards uh, in his opening game. Jimmy G only threw for 200, right? So this is not necessarily Jimmy G. We expect Jimmy G to throw, but he's got Josh Jacobs behind him and he doesn't need to necessarily throw that much either. And for Brock Purdy's sake, I mean, we've seen him do fantastic over the, and he does, he's not one to throw for 300 yards, but 250, 260 is well within his wheelhouse. Uh, Whereas for Jimmy G, again, it's not necessarily his thing to throw for 300 yards either. Uh, but the bills last week allowed 142 yards to Zach Wilson. And that is who Jimmy G is going to be facing this week. I know Jimmy G is, is not necessarily Zach Wilson. And and obviously Zach Wilson's a, a little step down from Jimmy G, but that just means that this bill's defense is tough against quarterbacks. They were in Zach Wilson's face. They hurt Aaron Rodgers. What else? I mean, <laughs> look, if we're going to go down a road, like Jimmy G's not, not uh, necessarily, uh, averse to injury. So you might want to watch out on that one too. Um, and plus last season, Buffalo's defense was fantastic against the pass. They allowed an average of only 117 passing yards per game last season. It's a, it's incredible to think about that because, you know, quarterbacks in their, uh, in their division are red hot and they only allowed 117 yards per game to them. Uh, plus look, the bills let 172 rushing yards go last week to haul and to cook, right? 127 to haul, 33 to cook. That means that all Jimmy G's got to do is give to Josh Jacobs all day long. I know Jacobs didn't have a lot of rushing yards last week, but again, the the key to success against the Bills, right now at least, is to run the ball. Uh, So might as well let Jacobs get his fair share of carries. Plus, when you look at what the quarterbacks, or at least what Jimmy G did uh, against the Rams, and, and kind of gauge it, because Brock Purdy has yet to meet the Rams, surprisingly enough, in his yeah. career. So, but Jimmy G averaged about 259 yards against the Rams in his time against us. So, I figure that's a safe enough gauge for where Brock Purdy is going to be. I don't know that Jimmy G is going to cross that threshold this week. So, I think Brock Purdy is going to throw more passing yards than Jimmy G, minus 105 on DK. Couple of things here. I think that number one that you mentioned uh, for the Bills at the success or the lack of success um, they had defending uh, uh, on the ground. Uh, I think that's something going to come into um, 
uh, play here on Sunday, right? But I think we're going to see a motivated effort out of the Buffalo Bills against this Raiders team, and I expect that secondary uh, and the in and, and the back half of the defense to be up to the occasion. Um, I would not be surprised if Jimmy G struggled in this game to throw two plus interceptions. But I think you're just going to see a motivated effort here from the uh, Buffalo Bills, and I think that. Again, Jimmy G will mildly struggle in this game. Now, on the flip side, Brock Purdy, we talked about it when we were doing the division previews, is that the playbook opened up when he took over as the uh, starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, right? And we saw it last week as well uh, for uh, Brock Purdy and that 49ers offense, who just absolutely ran through uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are supposed to be one of the better defenses in this league. So now you're going up against a Rams team like who lost a lot in their secondary, especially since they won the Super Bowl. Uh, this roster is completely different. Obviously, you have Aaron Donald still in the front uh, for the Rams, but I think that secondary is a little bit compromised. So I do expect Brock Purdy uh, to have some success here against the uh, uh, sorry, the Buffalo Bills, the uh, Los Angeles Rams this week. Uh, Chris, thoughts on this head-to-head matchup between Brock Purdy and Jimmy G? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Me and Rod, I got a player prop that that uh, that kind of ties into uh, into taking Brock. So so I, I love it for that perspective. I won't talk about it too much because I'll wait until it's my turn. But um, yeah, I do think that, uh, you know, we talk about we talk about Rogers mentioned like and I, and I think I agree with it as well. Minnesota kind of being like you got to hit that panic button when you start. Oh, two and the Bills. They can't start. They can't start. Oh, two. Not the way they gave away that game last week. Right. Especially in that uh, division. In, in that division, you, you, you're giving away games like so. I do expect there to be, you know, a sense of urgency. This is not the NBA where you have 82 games, right? Like that, yeah. you know, seating matters, uh, everything matters. So, um, for all of those reasons, I do think you get a really motivated, uh, you know, Buffalo Bills defense here. And um, on the opposite side, man, I love the matchup for Brock this week. So, like I said, I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But yeah, I'm with Rod on that one. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I guess we're player problem number one, man. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. So, so this wasn't going to be player prop number one, but I'll go straight into it. Uh, just, to, just because it kind of ties ties in. I like, uh, I like Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I like his receiving yards. I know, I know that the number is you know pretty low for Brock Purdy, but I think it's about low spot on, on Purdy and his and his offense in general. I mean, we see what they were able to do last week. We know how difficult it is to go into Pittsburgh. You look back at that spread and you think, man, I just had to lay two. Po- like it was only two. Like that was the, the, the spread was two and they won by twenty, right? So I mean, we know how good this offense, we know how good this defense is, and they they the, the quotes came out about uh, Trent Williams saying, you know, he was hoping that they would be able to pick up a first down because he was just he was just tired, <laughs> he was just tired of playing offense, which is crazy, crazy to think. But you look at Brendan Ayuk, uh, his receiving yards, fifty-seven and a half. Uh, minus 110 is the best number that I saw. I just feel like it's a buy low spot for him in this offense in general. Uh, Rams allowed the fourth most passing yards last season. Uh, uh, fourth most pass yards uh, per attempt last season. They also played pretty well against the Seahawks, which I think was a uh, a little too well, in my opinion. I think we see some regression to the mean uh, this week. Uh, Ayuk's coming off a, a monster game, and we know you can fluctuate and go up and down, but 129 yards last week, eight receptions, and eight targets ca- caught every ball that was thrown to him, which shows me that there is some chemistry, right? Maybe they've been kind of working on that. And four games in a row, dating back to last season in the regular season, he's actually had the, these 59 yards receiving that he needs. Also, I'm not sure what it is about playing in L.A., but uh, last two games he's played in L.A., six receptions for 81 yards and seven receptions for 107 yards. So I like that it's a super buy low spot for 
uh, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, and, and really just this whole offense because there are a lot of, as Rod knows, and you know as well, you know, but there are a lot of offensive, uh, you know, f- some firepower on this offense. When we talk about Debo, we talk about Kittle, um, but I like I like Ayuk. I like the spot that he's in this week, and uh, give me his uh, receiving yards over 57 and a half. Well, this all of a sudden turns into a 49ers podcast, but uh, <laughs> I'm also on a player for uh the uh the uh, san francisco 49ers here I, I i'm gonna go chalky here i know rod was all over this last week cmc uh rushing and receiving yards over 97 and a half um the offense runs through this guy i i i know a lot of people probably don't admit that right now but when since this guy has come over to the 49ers um this, this offense has really opened up uh last week we talked about it against the Steelers. He finished the game with 152 rushing yards on end on five targets, right? Um, McCaffrey and the Niners, like we talked about, they're going to take on division rivals, the Rams this week. And last week, the Rams won in convincing fashion against the Seahawks. But the one area that they did struggle in uh, against the Seahawks was their rush defense, right? The Rams allowed the uh, Seahawks to rush for 4.7 yards per carry. Um, and Kenneth Walker rushed for 5.3 yards per carry alone. McCaffrey has had plenty of success against the Rams as well in his career. Last season, McCaffrey faced the Rams twice. Uh, once was against the, with, was uh, before the trade with the Panthers, and one after the trade with the uh, 49ers, right? Those two games, respectively, he accumulated 158 yards uh, when he was with the Panthers, and then 149 total yards uh, when he uh, came over to the San Francisco 49ers. I expect that a continued success uh, against this Rams team. So again, we, I think we'll see a similar uh, script of what we saw with this Niners team, what they did in week one in this week two matchup against this uh, against this Rams team. And I think this might we might see a little bit more points uh, in this game. I think the Rams may have a little bit of more offensive success than the 49 or sorry, the, the Steelers did last week. But I mean, last week we saw it as well. Right. Brandon Ayuk had a pretty good week as well. Debo was an odd man out last week. And again, we cut, talked about that AJ Brown deal is that I don't think Debo will be upset that he's not getting the touches as well, as long as they're winning football games. But when you bring over a guy like Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey on this offense, who can do so many uh, things for this offense in so many different ways, anything under a hundred uh, yards of receiving and rushing, I'm going to take the over on that until the market adjusts guys. So I love the Brandon Ayuk play. I don't think we need to convince Rod on on CMC and Brandon Ayuk here, but Rod, if you have any thoughts to add on that or with their Brock Purdy, um, Rob, go for it, my man. I mean, listen, you you focus on Debo, Ayuk will burn you. You burn, you focus on Ayuk, then Debo will burn you. And CMC, you can't. I mean, there's too many people here to focus on for anyone for any defense. And and to game plan against this has got to be a nightmare. I don't want to be a defensive coordinator going up against this offense, right? I mean, you're just scratching your head trying to think. Okay, but if I double cover Debo, well, then Ayuk is open in the middle of the field and that dude can break away. Like there's yards after catch in that guy as well. Debo, same thing. If I even let him open on a screen pass, I'm gone. I mean, he's gone, right? It's just, yep. yeah, there's just too much. So I, while we're, we're a little bit lower on Brock Purdy's passing total, I still think there's plenty to go around for these guys to, to hit some overs on this. All right, before we get into round two of our player props, let me tell everyone about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets, revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all your player sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. 
Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Ever also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going 5 for 5 It's a fantasy game but you can win real money. This week, they have a special promotion. They're giving away $100,000. That's right. I said $100,000. All you have to do is make a pick selection that includes Tua's passing yards of 277.5 higher or lower. Underdog is going to select 10 random winners to give out $10,000 each too. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or their website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, gentlemen, let's get into round two of our player pros for NFL Week 2. Uh, Chris, why don't you do this off this time? All right, so let's go, let's go with somebody that, that or, or a team that may have been just a tad bit forgotten because we haven't seen them in so so long. Let's go, let's go to Chicago, uh, Chicago. Let's go to Detroit. And uh, let's look at I'm looking at David Montgomery. I know I know that, uh, you know, for, first of all, I like to play because, you know, they've had the extra time. You always want to back the team. That's that's the more rested. Right. We, we haven't seen the, them play. And, you know, since opening night when they got the upset against the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs on the on the road. So first home game, uh, love the extra days off. And I like Montgomery over his rushing yards. Fifty three and a half is the number. Um, in, in week one, he ran the ball 21 times for 74 yards, and we could say some of that was for control, right? Try to keep the ball out of, out of uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes' hands. But I also just look at the Seattle defense. They they allowed 152 yards per game on the ground last season, which was the third most. They they ranked 30th against against the run, and they they tried to you know sure that up. They bought in a couple guys that that, uh, you know, should, should be able to help just a tad bit. But I don't know if I'm ready to trust them and know if they have their chemistry quite yet, especially on the road, uh, coming off a win as well, right? You look at this Lions offensive line, we, we, we know how much they already improved, projected second-best offensive line behind only, who was it, the, the Dallas Cowboys? Offensive um, line, yeah. Yeah, offensive line. And then I, I, the other key factor in this one is – is uh is Gibbs right? We 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 talked about Gibbs in in the first one in the first pocket that we did, and I like this over three and a half receptions. What I failed to know was that they wasn't going to use him as much because we saw Montgomery not play as you know during the preseason, but then he came out and ran the ball twenty one times. So if he you know if he's getting anywhere close to you know seventeen eighteen attempts, I think that he can go over you know, these 53 and a half uh, rushing yards. To me, this kind of this kind of feels like a low spot for him and maybe a prop that'll be overlooked by, you know, because David Montgomery is not the sexiest name, right? He he's, he splits yeah. the backfield, right? So uh, I do think that, you know, Gibbs will be continue to be, uh, you know, worked into this offense a little slowly. So give me give me Montgomery to go over his 53 and a half uh, rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, last season, Seattle uh, allowed the six most rushing yards to that running back position, right? And like talked about last week uh, alone, they gave up, uh, let's see here, Seattle's defense last week. They were okay, 37 uh, attempts for 81 yards. But now you're going up against an offense that is definitely much improved under Dan Campbell uh, over the last two seasons. And, you know, we saw what 
DeAndre Swift was able to do last season for this uh, Lions team, but also David Montgomery, who had a pretty good season last year for the Chicago Bears. Uh, and he comes over to this uh, Detroit Lions uh, offense in that backfield to provide some stability uh, and a solid veteran behind Jared Goff. So I think this is going to be a game we see a lot of points being scored. I do like the over in this game, which just kind of tells me that we're going to see, you know, player props going over in this game. And again, I think that we'll see pace in this game. Uh, I think that uh, David Montgomery will definitely be able to get over this number of, uh, of what was it, say, 53 and a half, you said there, Chris? 53 and a half, yep. Yep, love it. Rod, any thoughts on David Montgomery? It's amazing how much Montgomery was actually used. We thought Jameer Gibbs was obviously going to get a lot more work because he was the shiny new toy. And like you kind of know what you're going to get in Montgomery already, right? But he came out and proved that He's uh, he's going to be a, a major part of this offense and they're going to need him. So, uh, you know, Swift gone. Now it's Montgomery's time to shine there. So we'll give him we'll give him the 53 and a half. I, I think that's a pretty good deal for him. Yeah, last week, 21 carries 74 yards for David Montgomery. So they're not going to be shy about uh, him getting his touches. Um, I, I guess we could say all throughout the season, but especially in this game against the Seattle Seahawks. Rod, take over to player prop number two, my friend. All right, well, we're going to go with another workhorse uh, running back, and we're going to go with the king, Derrick Henry. Uh, don't talk about him very much anymore because it just feels like it doesn't matter what happens. He's going to get his. Uh, his carries total is set at 18 and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the over. Stop me if you've heard that one before, but uh, I'm going to take the over on this one. 18 and a half carries. This is at minus 110 uh, on DK. Look, last week he didn't hit this mark, right? Last week he only got 15 carries against the Saints. I don't know what it is about this uh, this uh, Tennessee offense anymore. It just feels like they 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 try to get cute and they try to do something that they're not necessarily the identity of their team, right? I know that they want to get Tannehill better throwing. They want to give him more opportunities to throw, right? They they bring new receivers in for him. But look, the way to win is give the ball to Derrick Henry. That is literally the way to win for Tennessee. Just give the ball. It doesn't matter. You got to give the ball to Derrick Henry. So the last two times that Derrick Henry has, has played against the chargers. He had 21 carries in 2022, 22 carries in 2019. The chargers have allowed an average of 20 rushing attempts per game last season. So look, Derrick Henry, you look at his, his game totals 11 times last season. He had at least 19 carries again, Beating Derrick Henry is the way to go. You got to stop being cute. You got to be able to to do what what your team is good at, and that's running. So uh, I, I think they fix that this this uh, this week against the Chargers. I think they'll give Derrick Henry at least four more carries in this game uh, and and get him over this mark. But yeah, I can't be the smartest guy in the room as far as using Derrick Henry. Right? I'm sorry, yeah. but there's just there's a there's a formula here. And if you give Derrick Henry the ball, you're better off. So give give me more than 18 and a half carries for Derrick Henry. I mean, I love the look. Even last season, this Chargers team, they were one of the worst uh, rushing defenses in the entire league, right? Right down there with the Houston Texans. And that's just because I think a lot of last season, you know, when you you when you know your own teams, you can profit about it, whether it's the good or the bad. I know, you know, Rod talks about the, the Niners a lot, and I faded the Texans rush defense a lot last season. And I always saw the Chargers name down there at the bottom uh, of those rushing uh, stats categories. Um, last week, we take a look at what the uh, the Chargers did. 
uh, or allowed on the ground last week alone um, wasn't very impressive for them. But we know that when you find success in the passing game for the Dolphins, they're going to take advantage of that. But I think in this game, at least when you have Derrick Henry, like we talked about in the offseason or the division previews, so that similar to Christian McCaffrey, like Derrick Henry is that engine of the offense, right? And I think that for him at 18 and a half, I think he definitely should get 20 touches in this game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And again, when you're playing in Tennessee, Tennessee typically is a low scoring team. Like they want to, they're that blue, blue collar. They're not going to get into a shootout with you. We saw that in week one against the, uh, against the saints where it was like, well, what a 16, 15 final night game. So they, they find ways to win ugly. And I think that has to be on the back of Derrick Henry here, Chris, any thoughts on Derrick Henry over 18 and a half carries? Yeah, I think, I think what you said was perfect. You know, the, the, the last couple sentences you just said, blue collar team, they don't want to get in the shootout because we know yeah. what San Diego wants to do. San Diego wants to throw the ball up and down the field. And uh, I'm not, I, I think the, the reports were kind of leaning towards Austin Eckler not playing with the high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that that's even more of a reason why, why their offense could struggle that San Diego offense could struggle just a tad bit, which just, you know, leaves the ball in Tennessee's hand a little bit more. And like Rod said, we're not the smartest people in the room. Like, this has got to be a lot of people smarter than us <laughs> to just say, you know what, let's give the guy the ball and see what happens, right? At least if we didn't do it last week, let, let's try it again this week. And I, I would only be able to agree, man, this this could actually be uh, one of those props that get altered up, right? Um, where, you know, maybe you even see 20, 25, uh, you know, attempts for, for King Henry. I agree, man. Uh, all right, for my next player prop, I'm going to go over to a tight end that I do like this week, and that's going to be Darren Waller. I'm going to take the over 41 and a half for him uh, for this game against the Arizona Cardinals. So going back to last season, I think early on we caught on that Arizona Cardinals defense was just not very good against the tight end position. I think that has also gone off to a, a poor start in week one against the commanders, but kind of put in perspective last season, the Arizona Cardinals allowed the third most receiving yards to the tight end position. I think they were right up there as far as targets allowed. And then within the top six and then receptions allowed to the tight end position, they were number one at 5.9 uh, receptions. They allowed to that tight end position. Now you bring in a Darren Waller who's a nice new shiny toy for the giants offense. And again, we talked about it last week. Um, I think, yeah, last week that Darren Waller was always in those conversations when we talked about some of the best tight ends in the league before his injuries when he was with the Raiders. We talked about the George Kittles of the world, the Travis Kelsey of the world, the Mark Andrews of the world. Uh, I think Darren Waller is going to have another big game in this uh, uh, week two matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, and they're going to need him. Right, coming off the 40 uh, 40 nothing drumming by the Dallas Cowboys, I think this is an opportunity for the uh, uh, New York Giants to, to you know uh, to respond against a team that is only projected to win about four to five games uh, this upcoming season. Last week, Darren Waller I think finished up with I think it was thirty six or thirty nine yards uh, for the offense of the New York Giants, but I think that that game got away very very quickly for the Giants last week. I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here for Darren Waller last week. Uh, let's see here. Um, so last week, he finished up with three receptions for uh, 36 yards, and that led the team for the New York Giants, um, and he had five targets, but I think those numbers are only going to increase. So we're just asking him just to be a one one catch better uh, in this game against the Arizona Cardinals going up against one of the worst defenses uh, against the tight end position. So I'll take Darren Waller over 41 and a half receiving yards here, Rod. Yeah, unfortunately, that burned me last week. I was on Waller for sure. I thought he was going to have a much bigger game, obviously, in fantasy as well. I was I was a little bit uh, frustrated by that. But 
you can't keep him down too much longer. And, and, and for the giants, they have to get him involved. I mean, obviously you saw what happens when you don't get your best pass catcher, uh, really involved more, right? Obviously he led the team, but boy, that was a, that wasn't a very high bar to set there. So, uh, yeah, they gotta, they gotta get him more involved, much like Derek Henry, Darren Waller is the best guy you've got on that field. You might as well use him. Uh, Chris thoughts on Darren Waller for week two against the Cardinals. Yeah, I just just another one where that sense of urgency kind of comes into play for me, right? If you if you're the Giants and you look back at your season and we, you know, 16, 17 and you say, "Man, we really started the season 0 and 2 with a 40-point thrumping by by the Dallas, by the Dallas Cowboys at home and then we followed it up with a loss to the Cardinals. So I just think that this team is going to be, you know, completely focused, locked in. I think uh, I think Waller's in a really good place right here. You know, this this also kind of feels like a battle spot for him, especially once he, uh, you know, kind of gets it going with Daniel Jones. I, um, I listened to – he was on uh, uh, get, Wake Up in This Morning, whatever that NFL show is that comes on NFL Network. I heard him talking. He's just a very, uh, you know, mature young man. Mm-hmm. I like the way he speaks. It, it seems like he would – you know, he's been through a lot in his career and, you know, personal life. So I think, uh, you know, he's in a primetime position to kind of bounce back. He doesn't seem like someone that, uh, you know, would, would kind of let a, a bad game, um, you know, just kind of dictate the the next game for him. So I like that about about him, you know, and his character. So I, I like I like him in this spot as well, you know. All right, Chris, take us to player prop number three, my friend. What do we got? All right, so we're going now. We're going quarterback because I start. I wanted to start with quarterback, but Rod kind of threw me the oops. So you know, we 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 did the uh, whole San Francisco triangle thing, but we just you know just kind of turned into the the San Francisco 49er podcast. So now we're back to regularly scheduled programming, you know. And uh, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going Desmond Ritter. I'm going, I'm going under. Uh, and this number is low. Like I, I understand that people don't want to take this, but I'm going under uh, his 189. So when I got it this morning, it was actually 189 and a half uh, passing yards. So they're not even projecting them to get 200 passing yards. Minus 110 is what I saw on Bet365. And since I've been looking, that number has actually dropped. I see it all the way down to, to 187. So hopefully it's some positive CLV there. Um, but you look at this package defense. They were one of the be- better defenses in the league last year against the pass, top five. Um, you look at the Falcons, and they just – they I don't think that they want to pass the ball. Like, they, they really don't want to pass the ball. They passed for a total of 18 times last year. Uh, last year, last season, probably felt like last year, at least when he was in. Uh, but yeah, you know, just 18 times is what they passed the ball for. They'll be at home again. Um, I think they'll continue to rely on, you know, everything that's in that backfield from Bijan Robinson to Cordell Patterson is uh, off the injury report and expected to play. And we know he plays some running back as well. Um, so I think that they'll just con- kind of continue to rely on him. He passed for just 115 yards last season. Um, and I think the offensive coordinators and those coaches will, you know, try to protect him as well. You go back and look at the, the few games that he that he started last season it was just four. And he, he went over this number over uh, 100, 190 yards twice. And he stayed under twice as well. And um, the, the, to me, there's a correlation between the teams that he's playing against. The Green Bay Packers is not a scary offense. I don't think I think Jordan Love might might have, you know, kind of kind of overperformed uh, last week. But, yeah. you know, in the games against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year when they were playing against, you know, uh, Tom Brady, of course, you have to throw a little bit more. 
And then the other game was against uh, was against the Baltimore Ravens, which we know that they can have a powerful offense as well. And this was when uh, when Lamar Jackson was actually playing. So you're gonna have to keep up a little bit more. But when you're not playing against a great offense, I do think that they slow it down. I think the pace of this game will be slow because those are the games that that you know the Atlanta Falcons don't want to be in. So give me give me uh, Desmond Ritter under. Uh, 189 passing yards. You know, if I think he made th- made throw for 150, I think there was a. I don't know. I, should I should I read this more carefully? But I think Jasmine Ritter just pretty much came out and said, "I don't care about the stats. I just care about winning games, right?" But we talk about this Atlanta Falcons offense. It, it's it's predicated on the run, right? We knew it. We talked about that with Arthur Smith coming over from Tennessee. You know, bringing over that mentality of you know him uh, having Derrick Henry as a workhorse. Uh, but they have guys in that backfield that they can run, that can run the football, right? Well, obviously, they drafted Bijan Robinson. Uh, they have Tyler Algier, who had a great week one. Uh, you're throwing Cordell Patterson into that conversation as well. So um, I think this will be a more of a low-scoring game. And I, again, like you mentioned, that we don't probably don't have to rely on Desmond Ritter to throw the football a lot, where it's going to be more uh, the Falcons running the football. So um, any, I mean, I, I can't talk to you off a bit or under, especially when he hasn't done this uh, for, for a lot in the games that he has played in his career at the professional level. So uh, no disagreement for me on this one here, Rod. Fine. I'll be the one voice of dissent. Desmond Ritter throws the ball all over the place and hits the over. No, I, I can't. <laughs> Why? I, I know that I know that the listeners want more friction, right? They want us to stop agreeing so much, but how can we, how can we disagree when we all find such good bets? I mean, it's not, we're not out here trying to argue each other's bets. We're trying to find you the chance to win money. And it doesn't help you if we disagree on everything, right? We're trying to give you the ones that win money. So, yeah, this is this, it's a low number. It's a low bar. But, you know, when you've got guys like Algier who kicked ass last week and Bijan and Cordero who, I mean, the only thing maybe with him coming back in, that may be the one pause that I would get because now he can go back to playing receiver. And we know that he's a pretty pretty powerful receiver in his own right. So, um, that'd be the one pause I'd have, but that's kind of a, a weak argument against. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't make any argument. I mean, serial C- pulling out in the, in the chat there at halftime, uh, Desmond Ritter, eight of 10 for 24 passing yards in that game. Uh, Rod, take up sort of player problem. Number three, my friend, what do we got? All right. I'm going to take Amari Cooper. Can you uh, figure out which side of his receiving yards I'm going to be today? Uh, it's set at 51 and a half going over. I, it's, it's Amari Cooper, you know, again, last week was kind of a rough week for him. Obviously uh, he only caught three balls for 37 yards, but he had seven targets. So again, a lot like AJ Brown, right? You catch a couple more of those. You're going to get more yards. Uh, don't drop balls. Don't, don't, don't uh, miss your opportunities when they're given to you. So three for 37 last, uh, last week, like I said, but seven targets. So not bad, but Amari Cooper against Pittsburgh, against the Steelers, who he's facing this week. He's averaging 76.8 receiving yards per game. Um, and I know that's a little difficult when you got a, you know, Deshaun Watson who only threw for 154 yards last week. But we all know that Deshaun Watson is very capable of doing way more than that, right? I mean, maybe not three, 400 yards, but at least 250, at least 260. You can get him somewhere in that range. And if he does, that means Amari Cooper's probably catching a few more passes. So um, again, I, I know that it, it's difficult when you're, when your quarterback doesn't throw for very many yards, but if Deshaun Watson is going to get a few more of this, this uh, game and Amari Cooper can catch a couple more passes, I think 51 and a half as well within his rights. 
Think about what Steelers did last week. We talked about Chris talked about what the Ayuk did to them. 129 yards to Brandon Ayuk. Even Debo had 55, which is over this prop mark. So both of the receivers. And uh, I, again, and and you know, like we talked about too. Uh, always fresh, never soggy over here talking about Chubb. Chubb went wild last week uh, yeah. because he could, right? And that's that's the thing. So. Yeah, again, to me, I think this is an opportunity for Amari Cooper to get back on the on the snide. So I think he can get 52 yards receiving in this game. I mean, look, when we talk about this wide receiving group for uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns, and again, again, I keep on mentioning our offseason pods, but uh, Amari Cooper's name popped up a lot, right? And I think that for him to be the number one guy in this offense – um, I think that chemistry between Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper is only just going to get better, right? Because we know this is obviously the first full season. Brown or, or Deshaun Watson is taken uh, over as a quarterback uh, for this uh, Cleveland Browns team. I know he came back last season after the suspension, but when you have a full off season to work with your receivers um, and kind of build that rapport, that's only going to get better in game time. So I think right now, I think the theme for us, at least in this pod for NFL Week Two. It seems like it's been by low opportunities, right? Getting those by low, um, uh, those stats and the the numbers that the books have put up, and and kind of taking the overs there. So I think this is another one. But when we talk about this, uh, the offense for the Browns, obviously, you know, we talk about Nick Chubb, Sean Watson, Amari Cooper. I mean, those are th- those are three stud guys when they're healthy and on the field. So I mean, asking him to get 52, 53 receiving yards is not a big tall order here for uh, for Amari Cooper here. Chris, any thoughts on Cooper here? Yeah, I just I like I like the the logical part of like Pittsburgh is better at what uh, I would say stopping the run and Cleveland was able to run the ball all they wanted to last year uh, last week against this Bengal team they ran for two hundred yards uh, Nick Chubb having a hundred but Deshaun Watson had had forty five so we don't think that Cleveland will be able to run the ball as effectively so they will have to rely on their wide receivers right and and Brian kind of mentioned the drops and you know the and then you mentioned you know of the chemistry and how that's probably only going to get better over time and Rod mentioned the, the yards from from Ayuk and De- Debo I think it all just kind of makes makes sense logically that that Debo will go over this number next week what is love it yeah uh all right player prop number 3 for me uh, let's see here. There's, uh, there's one, there's a couple I did like here, but I'll throw this one out there again. I'm going to stay with the buy low theme here. Um, Ramondre Stevenson over 15. I have rushing yards in this game against the Miami dolphins. Um, I know last week he didn't have a great, uh, start to the season, but that was against the Eagles. Um, the Eagles pass, uh, uh, past, uh, sorry, I should say rush defense where you only had 24 rushing yards on 12 attempts against that Eagles team. But like I mentioned, let's not forget the Eagles have one of the stronger rush defenses in, in the NFL, right? Uh, it's that secondary that has a lot of questions for this Eagles team. But I think this week for Ramondre Stevenson, he does have that favorable matchup against a, uh, the Dolphins rush defense. Week one last week, the Chargers running backs ran the ball 32 times. They accumulated 208 rushing yards against that Dolphins rush defense. That's an average of six and a half yards per carry for those Chargers running backs last week. And again, we'll talk about that by low opportunity. I think Stevenson uh, is going to be that guy here when we talk about the running group. And all the past several season for the for the Patriots, it's always been guys running back by committee, right? I know Damian Harris was there for this Patriots team as well, but now it seems like they've bought in or going all in with Ramondre Stevenson here. So I think that, again, 
Number one, we know Bill Belichick does his best to take away your best weapon, and that's probably going to be Tyree Kill, but it's very, very difficult to stop Tyree Kill. Uh, I still think that he'll have a good a game in this in this in this uh matchup against against the uh Patriots here. But the best I think defense for the Patriots to win this game is probably gonna be trying to keep that offense of the Dolphins off the field which means you probably want to run the football more here. So I think Ramondre Stevenson, I think that if he does get another 12, 15 carries, I think he definitely will get over this number, especially how bad this Dolphins uh, rush defense was last week against the Chargers. So over 50 and a half uh, rushing yards for me here on Ramondre Stevenson here, Rod. I mean, is Ezekiel Elliott gonna gonna sneak into that at all? I just does he get a few more? I, that's the only. I don't know. I, the only thing that gives me any sort of pause about the the Patriots is just I just don't know. Like I I never ever yeah. know. So um, I, I guess if you're gonna take a chance on one, he'd be the guy because he's clearly the one that you know should get the chance to do this. Like I said, I know Elliott's there to sort of kind of make people stop, and which is why that total's probably as low as it is, is because the books are are figuring that. Elliot's going to get another jump at it. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to lean, I guess I'll lean with you on the over. But, yeah, it, it that one makes me feel kind of icky. Chris, thoughts on uh, Stevenson? Same. Rod, Rod took my notes, um, you know, again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I looked at this one, too, you know, because I'm looking like who, all right, who, who rushed for the most, who gave up the most rushing yards? I mean, and it felt like, you know, us three could have went out there and probably combined for for at least a hundred, you know, like the combination of us, because their, their rush defense was so bad. So if you if you like Ramondre, um, you know, I, I think you ride with with him and and just hope that he he starts fast, so that way you know Zeke doesn't start fast. And because we know with with Belichick, he'll kind of ride that hot hand, and before you know it, your guy's sitting on the bench, you know, eating Skittles. Uh, you know, waiting for the next opportunity, right? So that's the only only pause for concern, like Rod, like Rod kind of mentioned. But I think I think he, if he gets the opportunities, man, I think he absolutely clears this. Like I, I don't I don't think that that'll be a problem at all. All right, uh, that is three player props each. We will uh, get to best bets here in a second. But uh, gentlemen, let's do our touchdown props here uh, for the NFL Week Two schedule. Uh, Rod, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so if you want to get in on Kelsey for a touchdown score, it, it's kind of a rough market because obviously the books all love Kelsey to score a touchdown this week. It, it, it's funny. I just saw a tweet earlier about him on the field. Uh, he was running and jogging, and then he started to reach down at that knee, and then he he ended up twerking. So uh, he, was, <laughs> he was trolling the media on this, you know, kind of clutching that knee, thinking, oh, oh and then he starts twerking. You're like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, Kelsey's back. He's going to score a touchdown in this. So the way I got in on this market and what I like the best is Travis Kelsey anytime in the first quarter to score a touchdown at plus 360 over on DK. If you want his first TD in the game, that's at 550, but it's so difficult for that on the Chiefs side of it. You know, the any any number of those guys can get in the end zone. And I know they're going to want to try to get Kelsey uh, in, but I also don't know that they're going to get the ball first to get an opportunity to do that. So I think uh, I think it's safer to take Kelsey anytime in the first quarter at plus 360 on the off chance that, you know, they don't get to score a touchdown first because uh, they don't get the ball first. But again, I think Kelsey's getting in the end zone this week. It's kind of almost a foregone conclusion that they want him to. Obviously, they need to reestablish Travis Kelsey. So, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and take Travis Kelsey anytime in the first quarter at plus 360. 
Uh, love it, man. I mean, again, that offense did struggle. We saw, we talked about it last week that the Chiefs' offense, obviously without Kelsey, is definitely not the same. So I think that he should have a big season, or sorry, big uh, week this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, trying to uh, get their first win of the season for the Chiefs here. Chris, uh, touchdown props for the uh, uh, week two schedule. So, so just kind of piggybacking off what Rod said, I, I, I like Kelsey as well, um, and and not, that's not my play, but just you, you will have to think that that Patrick Mahomes can't wait to jump in his arms after he scores so he can say, thank God somebody on this team can catch a pass, <laughs> right? So I, I, love, I love that angle as well, right? But uh, I like uh, I like the rookie, man. I like uh, I know he scored last week, but I like B. John Robinson. I, I think that, you know, Ritter is going to struggle, and I like I know I know Cordell Patterson is coming back, which throws a, a, a monkey wrench into to everything because he's a touchdown machine, but I just like that I think I think that based on watching the game last week, they, you can just get this guy to ball so many different ways. I mean, he caught yeah. six passes last week, he, and that, that was the way he scored. He didn't even have a rushing touchdown, and they scored two rushing touchdowns. And then you add another 10, you know, another 10 carries, so that lets me know that this offense is trying their best to use him. You see how, you know, he's a man amongst men already. So I think that, you know, it'll, it'll be a game where, um, you know, a low-scoring game, and he'll have his opportunity, especially down there, you know, near the goal line. Um, and even if it's not near the goal line, he can, he can you know, catch one and run it in as well. So I, the odds aren't the sexiest on this one. I think you can get plus 115, uh, plus 110 at some shops. But I like Bijan again, you know. But I just think it, 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 it matches up well against the, against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue against that. But again, like you mentioned, it's the way – are so many different ways that can get Bijan Robinson involved in the offense uh, and, and down there in the red zone as well. So – uh, uh, I do like Bijan. I mean, we watched a lot of him uh, uh, in his time during Texas. So the guy is absolutely dynamic. Um, all right, for my touchdown props, I got a couple that I do like here. I'll start here with Anthony Richardson, anytime touchdown, uh, plus 145 against the Houston Texans. Um, last week, Richardson had 10 carries, 40 yards. He did, he did uh, run in one touchdown for the Indianapolis Colts. I think when we get down to that goal and go situation, I think that, you know, the the um, theme has kind of been looking at some of these uh, running quarterbacks. And I, obviously, Anthony Richardson feels that uh, fits that mold. We talked about Jalen Hurts, who had two touchdowns yesterday. Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, those type of uh, running backs, or sorry, those quarterbacks that can uh, u- utilize their legs, especially in the red zone. So Anthony Richardson, I do like at plus 145. Um, I'm going to throw Saquon in there, man. I think this is going to be a big uh, week for Saquon Barkley. The Anytime touchdowns at, at even money, um, but I think that he could possibly get two touchdowns in this game. I think that was around plus 360 for him to have at least two touchdowns. But at even money, I do like Saquon to find the end zone at even money. And then the other one, the third one I'll throw out there, I'm going to give him mood here this week. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a stab at Tank Dell of the Houston Texans, 5-1. to one. Um, Noah Brown did get put on the IL for the uh, Houston Texans. I think that it's going to open up more opportunities for Tank Dell. He's had a great uh, uh, training camp and mini camp for the Houston Texans. And I think that he's really going to seize this opportunity uh, for the Texans uh, in, in this game. So Tank Dell... Uh, for him to find the end zone here at five to one, Anthony Richardson at plus one forty five, and then Saquon Barkley at even money. Uh, last order of business here, gentlemen. That's going to be our best bets for NFL Week Two of our player props. Uh, Rod, lead us off. Best bet. All right, fine. I'm going to go defense for my best bet. This guy is a monster, and his uh, t- total tackle number is a little lower than I like it to be, and that's nine and a half for Roquan Smith. Give me the over at plus one hundred five. You can find that on Bet MGM. Dude, Roquan had 16 tackles 
last week against Houston. I know it's Houston. I get it. I know there's a lot of people to tackle against Houston. Uh, but look, this guy is a monster and he had nine games last season with at least 10 tackles. Um, and the Browns had 51 total tackles against the Bengals last week, right? That's, that's not a lot of tackles, but the Ravens, uh, had 80 total tackles last week. They were all over this. This linebacker is a beast. And for me again, Roquan Smith at nine and a half, when you look back, like I said, nine games last season with at least 10 tackles, that's, that's a lot of tackles. He is always around the ball. And so I think he's going to have that opportunity uh, again, especially against the Bengals who are pissed off that they had the game that they had last week. So they are going to be trying to run the ball more. They're going to try to get uh, the, the short pass game going that way. Joe Burrow can feel a little comfortable again. And that lends itself well to Roquan Smith being right there in the mix, right? You got to get, uh, get in there with, with tackling the, the running game and that's what he excels at. So I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to, to be around the ball. I think that means he's going to have a lot of opportunities to get tackles and it's not even just solo tackles. It's, it's tackles and assists, right? So, um, you know, I, I like this to be over nine and a half for Roquan Smith at plus one Oh five. Yeah, I think when we talk about um, defensive guys, um, Roquan Smith, I think number one is sometimes underrated, man. The guy is a tackling machine. I mean, we've seen it, uh, you know, all throughout his career where he's able to do it. And like, again, like you mentioned there, Rod, the, the, the numbers speak for, self, for himself for, for Roquan Smith. And I've always been a fan of him uh, wherever he has played, whether that was Chicago or, you know, wherever his current team is. But yeah, Roquan Smith has been that guy uh, on the defensive uh, side of the football. Uh, Chris, best bet, what do you got? So I like I like Rod's uh, I like the script. I'm all I'm, I'm a big script guy, right? And what Rod said <laughs> made, made so much sense, right? We know that uh, Burrow didn't play in the preseason, and he looked like in week one that he hadn't played in the preseason. So it makes yeah. sense that, that he kind of gets acclimated in that way. Uh, best bet for me, I'm going to uh, the Chargers game, and I'm looking at Mr. Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen this week. Um, didn't play it. I didn't give out his any uh, anytime touchdown, but I'm, I may end up playing that as well. His receiving yards, uh, 65 and a half right now, and, and it's moving up. Uh, mine is 117, so you're drinking a little bit of juice, but I'm fine with this at 66 and a half as well. Uh, one thing we they're playing against the Titans, and one thing we know about the Titans is they really, really stopped the run and they yeah. really, really struggle against the pass. So, you know, Tennessee gave up the fourth most passing yards last season um, with uh, seven yards per attempt. Um, on average, and and after week one versus Derek Carr and the Saints, they're allowing 8.5 yards per attempt. So I love that for, uh, you know, for Justin Herbert in that offense uh, this week. You look at Keenan, he's had at least 66 yards in seven of his last 10 games going back to last season. And then what, what happened last week? Chris Olave had 112 yards <laughs> against this defense. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, just looking at his at targets for, as far as Keenan Allen as well, he's had at least nine in four of his last five games. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Austin Eckler is most likely, it hasn't been official yet, made official yet, but he most likely um, is not going to play due to that high ankle sprain. I think he has like a podcast or something. And he pretty much was like, hey, go pick up my, go pick up the backup running back. So, so that, you know, that's even more of an opportunity for them to be able to pass the ball. So I, I love, absolutely love this spot for Keenan Allen this week. Over 65, 66 and a half, I'll take them both. And maybe even some alt lines for, for, for Keenan Allen this week. I mean, look, he's a target machine, man. Um, and again, we've seen that all throughout his career. And again, we know that they like to fling the ball around. So I think the game plan coming into this game, like you mentioned there, Chris, is that they do a great job. The 
the Titans do of stopping the run, but uh, uh, pass defense has not been the greatest, especially over the last couple of seasons for this team. So I think Keenan Allen should have a big game in this game uh, against the Tennessee Titans. Um, all right, for my best bet, I'm also going to go with the wide receiver here. I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs over 74 and a half receiving yards in this game against uh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And you know, we talked a lot about the Raiders not having the greatest pass defense. I think that's going to be uh, something that they're going to be struggling with in this game, especially against a guy like Stephon Diggs. Last week, the Bills went up against a great pass defense uh, in the uh, New York Jets. But in that game, he still found a way to get 10 receptions, 102 yards. I could just imagine what he's going to do in this game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, when you have Sauce Gardner lined up on you uh, and you're still able to do that, uh, but then not even Sauce Gardner, right? You're talking about a secondary that's really good for this uh, um, for the Jets team. But the, the, the ability of Stephon Diggs not only to be a guy that can – uh, find ways down the field and be a threat, but also in the short passing game as well. And he has that ability to break out yards after catch as well. So I'm expecting this team uh, for the uh, Bills to come out motivated here, to be focused. And I think this offense will be on full display, led by a guy by the name of Stephon Diggs. So at 74 and a half, I would love to ladder this up to 100 receiving yards for this game for Stephon Diggs. So uh, best bet for me, Stephon Diggs over 74 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to just make sure um, this number didn't move here, but I like this all the way up to 80. I think this is going to be a huge game for Stefan Diggs here. So the updated number right now, uh, let's see here. Um, let's see where we at rushing, receiving. Where is receiving? Let's see here. Uh, here we go. Stephon Diggs, the updated number right now is at 75 and a half. So it's definitely on the move. It's only one yard. But again, like I mentioned, I like this all the way up to 80, 80, 80, 85 and a half. But I will ladder this up to 100 for Stephon Diggs in this game here. Uh, Rod, any thoughts on uh, Stephon Diggs before we get out of here? Uh, I will go back. Wouldn't it be nice if every fan or if every player, NFL player cared about fantasy as much as Austin Eckler would that that would make playing <laughs> fantasy so much better. But yeah, Stefan Diggs, look, as far as fantasy, because I need him to have a big day. So I, I would definitely love to see uh, him go well over 100 yards in this game. Uh, so, yeah. And, and look again. When you have the best player on your team, you need to get him involved. I, it feels like that's the the theme of this of this podcast, uh, this episode in general, it's just, yeah, you got to get them involved. And for Stefan Diggs, you got to get him more involved. Like you got to feed him the ball. He's got to be pissed off as, as AJ Brown about not getting the ball as much as I think he wants it. But, um, yeah, so I, I love Stefan Diggs here as well. Chris, anything else, uh, as far as, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, for Sunday. Hey, you know, if he gonna he gonna feel like uh, you know he just got out of jail. Uh, you know, he was, <laughs> he was <laughs> when you play against that when you play against that Jets secondary, it could be you know that sauce that sauce jail can be a little uh, you know Gardner's Island uh, can be can be a place that you don't want to visit. So you know, I, I like um, you know just to bounce back. I think you know it's typical for the public and you know even us sometimes to kind of overreact to what we see in week one. But um, you can bet your bottom dollar that these players who underperform and didn't perform to their standard in week one, especially if they, you know, are, are elite superstar type talent. You can, you can almost take it to the bank that they're going to play well in the next game. So love the match up here against that, that Vegas secondary, a lot better than the Jets, you know? So uh, yeah, I think you think you got a winner with this one. Yes, sir. All right. That is going to do it for our NFL week two player props. Uh, Rod, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, my friend? No, sir. Just uh, follow me on X at RJ Gomez. There's a link in the bio there. Everything I got going on here, 
everywhere. You can catch some uh, more of my props uh, over on Sportsbook Review. I, I'm writing prop articles for all the primetime games uh, and even had three for three on Justin Jefferson last night. That was a pretty fun little uh, little run that we had going on. So, um, yep. And then, of course, check out the NASCAR Gambling Podcast, the F1 Gambling Podcast. Yeah, all that other good stuff. Chris, anything else, my friend? Love it. No, nothing else for me at all. You know, uh, definitely check out all of uh, all of Rod's work over there. He's doing Rod is a D busiest man, like you said, you know, in in the sports gambling space. So, uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm doing some WNBA, WNBA stuff as you know, now that we have the playoffs, we had a couple games tonight. So excited about them. And then uh, tomorrow, I'll probably just watch some some NCAA football. Uh, probably won't bet any of it. But then Sunday, baby, yeah, it's time to time to get right. You know, so check out my work over on Twitter at Crispy Cap and Two P's Two Ends. Uh, appreciate you guys for having me yet again. Uh, enjoyed the show, and let's let's catch some tickets, fellas. Yeah, man, let's catch some tickets. Hopefully, we can uh, catch some more here on the Sunday uh, slate uh, for our player pros. But uh, again, make sure to follow uh rod on uh on x you can follow chris on x as well like they mentioned you can follow me on x at sports nerd 824 more importantly make sure to subscribe to the nfl gambling podcast uh, youtube channel we'll be live streaming all throughout the season for the propcast on that channel but if you haven't already left us a rating and review and subscribed to the propcast whatever you listen on apple pod or that's on spotify wherever you do get your uh podcast players just do us a favor subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you haven't already uh, appreciate everybody in the chat uh shout out to serial he joins us uh, whenever he can appreciate you serial uh we'll be back next week for thursday night football till then good luck with your bets let's break these books off and let it ride